If you'd started that a couple of minutes ago, you could have got me doing like one of these archers type things where people start talking quite far away and then approach to give a sense of space and drama. Do you want me to do that now? Is it too late? Is the moment gone? But now back to recording the podcast. Uh, it's just a thought. Try and spice things up. Yeah, you do that enough already. Uh, so it's a separate... So I take the chaps off then. Pardon? Sorry, you go carry on. What which chaps? <laughs> Fred and Barry, they're here. Hello. Hello. Uh, it's the seventh of I don't know why it is, but it's the seventh of December. Already. Seventh, already, already Jewish. And not uh, a child in the house washed. And this is the Groucho Club podcast and the, the very busy uh, emporium and therefore there might be noise in the background. Kate Copstick, John Fleming, all the rest, all that. Well, sort it's of not stuff. really very busy. We need more people. Like, that's the, if if I, I think if I can um, if I can get over one message in this comedy po- podcast, it's that more people need to shop at Mama Biashara, which is in the West Twelve Shopping Centre, not Westfield, right on Shepherd's Bush Green, right opposite the Central Line. There's a gazillion buses come here. You've got no excuse. Moving on. Anything you're, else? You're appealing for more chaps. Absolutely, or chapesses. Uh, so, uh, so, so you were saying that uh, you were saying well, we should actually mention the comedy we've cafe. Got to. We were supposed to be having this with this merry little discussion because we're going to have guests from now on with them. Um, because we're not interesting enough. With Noel Faulkner of the comedy cafe. John cannot bear to be here with me on his own. It's too dangerous. He says it's damaging his emotional and psychological well-being. My I bo- don't understand it myself. My body is my temple. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Noel's got a much, much more important meeting. Noel who? Meeting. See, I'm being John Fleming now. No, Noel, Noel, Fa- Noel Faulkner. And why would we be talking... I'm, I'm being you now. Why would we be talking to Noel Faulkner about the closure of the Comedy Cafe? Thank God you're talking in a Scottish accent. Because I am Scottish. Did I mention this? <laughs> Keep going. Uh, because because uh, it's, it's going to close. And no, end. no, no. But why, no, why should Noel be talking about it? Because he owns the Comedy Cafe. Well, there we well, go. He, you see? Well, indeed, he leases or rents the Comedy see Cafe. See how irritating it is when you're trying to say something and people bob in with, with, with questions to kind of, as if our listener in Guatemala was a complete idiot. I'd just like to thank you for your interruptions, because they're very, very positive. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's appalling. It's well, a... it's just... Uh, OK, I think of another word for appalling. Uh, Reprehensible. So, so, so for bed? It's, it's... Gazelle. OK. John, have you taken your medication? Black trousers. I've taken my medication. Oh, what have you taken? Well... Let me tell you. Let me tell you, yeah. Um, got back from Kenya, felt like 14 kinds of shit, first put in a blender, then put in a bag, then dragged across country in the freezing cold. If you want that, you should go to McDonald's. And dumped on my own doorstep. Mm. So, yesterday, well, no, I have been taking uh, uh, my gift from... Um, well, it's not a gift when you pay for it, but my, my sort of gift from Chris Dangerfield. You know when uh, you're sorry you asked the question? And then yesterday, I was feeling particularly dreadful, and I was noticing that my gift from Chris Dangerfield was kind of getting smaller. So I took uh, a handful of Tramadol. Well, was I sick or was I sick? Were you sick? I was sick, John. How did you know? In what way? As in vomiting, as in... You know, I was a bit... Noises like that That's not for about an hour, and then I kind of passed out, and then I woke up and I was really dizzy, you, you and out. then I had to go home. Where did you pass out? Uh, just at the desk. I just kind of went, oh, woozy, and then. Mama Beashara. Yeah. This is why people aren't coming. Well, no, I think they they gathered around to laugh and point. Anyway, I was still feeling shit today, so I took some more. I didn't take tramadol. I took dihydrocodone, and I'm I'm feeling quite perky. Anyway, back to the the disaster. Well, it is a disaster. It is a disaster. It's been there for 26 years, the Comedy Cafe in Shoreditch. 
and, I mean, and they're, they're upping the rent. That's, that's the reason. Is it really? It is. They're upping what is the, do we know how much the rent is? I do, but I'm not allowed to say. But I, oh, think, right. I, think, I think it was mentioned at a tripling it. Uh, or there was something, the word triple came into it somehow. But anyway, it's gone up an enormous amount. And, uh, just... and Noel has been gazumped because someone paid, uh, I, think, I think I can say paid, can I say? I mean, he paid a lot of money more than Noel was, was able to pay because uh, the comedy business obviously is in dire straits. Yeah, but don't moment. they realise that the only reason the comedy cafe does as well as it does, and is the draw that it is, and is the the iconic beacon of uh, uh, entertainment and leisure light. As you are to criticism. Uh, indeed, uh, that it is, is because it's the comedy cafe. And it's no. Well, they, and it's no. They wanted to keep the comedy cafe, but I, it's in my blog, which people should read. Uh, uh, John Fleming. I should read blog. it. Is it any good? Nah. Mm. Uh, I, I What's never, it about? I don't know. I never read it. I, okay. I subcontract to people in Guatemala. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I can't remember because I, I barely remember who I am. Who am I? I have no idea. You just wander in here, but you made me a cup of tea, so, you know, fair dues. And I'm, as you know, I have very few friends. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's, it's just. OK, all things must pass, all of that, blah, blah, blah. But there are comedy clubs that you think, well, had its day, it's, you know... And I have heard... Through the grapevine. Well, no, I, I use the word metaphorically. But, of course, uh, social media is, uh, has been a light. And, indeed, I think our last guest, Martin Besserman... Uh, I was going to say hinted in. He came right out and owner, said... Owner of monkey business. Owner of monkey business. Uh, that he thinks that the free clubs are destroying the pay clubs. Which I agreed with. You got terribly upset. You, you genuinely... I mean... But the, which the, word were you using metaphorically? Uh, listen. Oh. Or heard, rather. Oh. Because I didn't oh. hear. I read, really. Because it was on Facebook. Uh, was it heard it? Or... Or not, but, but you know, it was it was online anyway. John, you, on, it was on the line, as you, we young people say. You just felt they were right. It was a herd instinct, was it? <sighs> but I mean, I genuinely do not believe for one second that uh, the audience for um, uh, a freebie night in a room below a pub <coughs> in South London somewhere uh, is going to be taking away. An audience from the comedy cafe. Yeah, but pe people only know name comedians who've been on television. So if you have a, 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 one, one club where you pay, one club where you don't pay, and they both got name, they both got comedians who don't recognise as names. You don't know which is the better, which is going to be the better. But uh, sure. And, 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 and when, you, when you see the bad free show, which you're going to go to first, you assume that the, the pay show is going to be as bad because they're both equally unknown comedians. I understand that, but I disagree. Um, because I, I also I think that. Um, I think, therefore, I am right, is the, uh, the well-known phrase or saying when applied to me. Almost René Descartesian. <laughs> the Cartesian. Who? Wasn't she in uh, that hey. film with Tom Cruise? Hey. Uh -huh. um, the, the, the Comedy Café <coughs> and a few, not a huge number, but the Comedy Café and a few other comedy clubs have kind of an audience, a chorus of comedy lovers. Uh, they have... Monkey businesses. They have, I'm going to use a big word here, John. Oh, God. They have antecedents. Antecedents? Yeah. I'm not even going to... I'll explain to you later. Wasn't she anyway, in a sitcom? Um, they're not... They've, they've got a core audience, a core reputation, and they, it's a comedy place, if you know what I mean. It's a lot of the newer places, and especially a lot of the, the newer <coughs> freebie places, 
they're really just like, uh, I don't think of them as, I don't mean not proper comedy, but I mean there's a, there's a, uh, uh, Comedy Cafe has a, it has a CV, it's, it's always been there, people know that uh, famous people have come up through the ranks in the Comedy Cafe, people know that, um, uh, you know, Noel doesn't have shit on his bills. Or bad comics. Oh, you let me away with that one. He's smiling, ladies and gentlemen. He's smiling. Um, Riley. And I, I, I think that it's it just is slightly. And I get there's not many clubs like it. It's slightly different in that, you know. I say it's. It, I I genuinely thought it had its constituency and it had. A pro, I'm, I'm repeating myself now, so I'm going to shut up. What do you have to say? Uh, I, I was just very impressed by antecedents. Mm, thank um, you. Uh, I don't know, it might be something to do with Shoreditch changing, but I don't know. Shoreditch is now the... Uh, well, it's full of wankers. It's always been full of wankers, hasn't it? No, no, apparently when, when uh, Noel first opened that club, it was a, a, a middle of nowhere, sort of down, down at Hill Place. I mean, I and remember... Now, now it's the, uh, the, the golden triangle of, of End in, of the in, 90s. Internet. End of the 90s, I used to go there a lot, to there, and they had... Um, uh, open spots and whatnot, yeah. and you were yeah. kind of interested yeah. in going, what, what, who the open spot is, because given <coughs> that they'd been vetted, by which I don't mean, you know, given an injection and woken up with no balls, <laughs> uh, they'd been vetted by Noel, you went, well, it's not just going to be some numpty. But now, the free clubs, I think, do demean the, the image of comedy clubs, and I mean, a lot of the free clubs, not a lot of them, I, Quite a lot of the free clubs are not even free clubs. They're just people trying out new material in front, yeah. in front of other comics. So if a member of the public wanders in, what they see is all these, these other comics not laughing at their peers. Yes. And, and people trying out material that doesn't... 50% or 70% doesn't work. Uh, so but I mean... Um, I, I don't actually see the point of com comedians performing to comedians in clubs where there's no members of the audience because you're not, you're not actually trying out your material in front of real people. Yes, okay, fine. But you, um, uh, I agree with that, but back at the, the start of what you said, I mean, to Edin say they Edin demean... Edinburgh's different. Edinburgh's Edinburgh, free, free stuff, that's, that's yeah. fine, that's great. Sorry, um, about the, the demeaning, I mean, um, radioactive chicken in a basket, uh, someplace, I know I keep saying South London, but, you know, in, in Bethnal Green, isn't going to stop people going to a, a, a Michelin-starred restaurant because they're going to go, well, that's the shit end of it and this is the good but end But they don't it. know that's the shit end. I mean, they just, all they know is that there's comedians on that bill they don't recognise. And to any, any club that's putting on comedians that haven't been on TV that they don't recognise is likely to be equally bad. But then the problem is... I put it to you. And I put it to you. And I... I well, I would like to hesitate, but I'm not going to hesitate to say this. Really, the problem is the audience. They're idiots. No, they're didn't. shallow. They're shallow. They don't really care about comedy. They just care about seeing people who are off the telly. Well, why should they care about it? Well, no, they know if they, if, they, if they go to a club and there's someone off the telly, at least they vaguely know what he's going to do, he or she is going to do. Yeah, but, I mean, they'd go and watch somebody off a... Because uh, they, they know what it's going to be like. Yeah. Off, a, off, a, off a fried chicken advert. Where, yeah. Oh, yes, it's him yeah. off the telly, yeah. and now he's doing stand-up comedy. Well, what's wrong with that? 
Well, it demeans the whole industry, John, uh, which I think is something that you yourself said only a few minutes ago. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what demean means, but, you know, it must mean the... I, the, I, I explain that a, along with a, antecedents a going, later. A going down of means, surely. But uh, at off... Like my bank account. Off but. the subject of um, comedians... And hold on, we, we talked about comedy. This is unheard of at the I beginning know. of a blog, but, a, blog um, a podcast. Of the, of the subject of comedians whining because nobody's coming to pay to see them anymore, um, it occurred to me... Oh, dear. Because, again, I was on the Facebook. Oh, dear. On, I was on the line on the Facebook. You haven't been annoying people, have you? And uh, me? Always, John. Always. Yeah. I was reading some postings by a comic of whom I think very highly, uh, the fragrant uh, Louisa Omelin. And she is just doing a big tour. You know, she's toured internationally. She was playing, I don't know, Hong Kong, she big shows. She is renowned. She's got a book published. She's uh, done a, a DVD. And all of this she has done. She herself, with the help of her mum, yeah. and when, when things need stuffing into envelopes and whatnot, her mates. Um, and I think if more comics uh, approached their job, calling, whatever they want to call it, like Louisa, uh, the world would be a much better place. Certainly the comedy world would be a much better place. And it, it has been more recently that, that comedians, along with you know, actors and all kinds of other performers and whatnot, they, they've developed this horrific uh, and, and entirely um, unacceptable, insupportable, insupportable sense of entitlement. That, oh, right, I'm a stand-up comic now. Uh, God, I spent like two hours in my room last night. Uh, my girlfriend thinks I'm great. Ergo, now the world should be rushing to see me and loving me and not criticising anything I do. You know, and turning up in their gr droves at any comedy club that I'm in. Now, added to that, that is wrong. Added to that, you get, well, you know, I'm not going to ask around for gigs myself. I'll get an agent and, I'll, do, and then a manager. And then I'll complain about the agent <coughs> and the manager that they're getting me bad gigs or not enough money. Or, no, no, no. No one in the world, apart from you, wants you to be a stand-up comic. Nobody in the world, apart from you, needs you be a stand-up comic. If you never, whoever you are listening, probably, did stand-up comedy again, nothing bad would happen to anybody or anything apart from your ego. And, I don't know, maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend or friend of indeterminate or intermediate gender, as we have to say nowadays. Um, again, kind of in the good old days, everyone was in there passionate and fighting for their own little bit of of ground and I'm going back to a very old song John but um, you know there was sing no it, PR there was no PR in those days there was no PR no nothing like that and thinking about uh, Louisa made, made me also because she is somebody who got in touch with me before she did her first Edinburgh show very, what would Beyonce do very proactive yeah what would Beyonce do and she said to me nobody knows who I am coming up doing this show I haven't I'm not really doing much on the circuit doing this uh, what should I do? Should, and I, I said to her, you know, is it a really good show? And she said, I think it's a brilliant show. And I said, uh, then do it. You know, I, I still believe um, the 
the cream, maybe not all of the cream, but the cream, the creme de la, the creme, de la creme will always rise. No. And the great shows or great performers will always be found. And so I said to her, um, you know, she was, she, even then she was very proactive. She was, she didn't have money for management or anything. And I said, do the show. Can't more, sort of, you know, if you build it, they will come. If you build it and it's brilliant, they will probably come. Almost certainly come. And I said, and uh, what would Beyonce do? Not immediately, but once word of mouth got around. That was the show. Stormed it. What would Beyonce do was her first show. And it was brilliant. And she's still doing it because it was such a great, great show. She is, uh, for my money, which of course it isn't because I get in for free because I'm a critic. Um, I, I think she's one of the most powerfully feminist comics working today. And of course, one that Malcolm Hardy most likely to make it a million quid uh, Indeed, award. and yes. I'm sure she will. And when she yes. does, she will not be cutting a 25% slice of it for her agent or Lord knows how much for her PR or her manager or whatever. The other person that I did exactly the same with, he called me up, was Tom Binns. Called me up the year, the first year he did Ivan Brackenbury. And he said, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. Should I go here? Should I go there? What should I do? Should I get PR? And uh, we talked and I said, you know, is this a brilliant show? And he said, yeah, I really think it's a brilliant show. So, you, so did you tell him you should have PR? No, I told him you should not have PR. You, there's no particular need now, at the, the way the, the festival is now, to go to a big venue. Um, there's, if you're doing a really great show, you will be found in the free festival. And, you know, even more word of mouth works in the free festival. You, you'll be found in the free festival if you put yourself about and make people know that you exist. I.e., if you behave like a proper business person. If you don't just behave like a spoilt child and sit on your hands moaning yeah, that you only right. had 25 in last night. Actually, when you say free festival, other organisations are available. Oh, indeed they are. Um, yes. Uh, but, so I... And he... You know, it took a little, it took a couple of weeks. Next thing you know, everyone was going, oh, Ivan Brackenbury, Ivan Brackenbury. And he has never looked back. But again, Tom is somebody who, <coughs> Ivan Brackenbury brought him back. Brilliant. He could still, I mean, I know he does still do, um, he never stops trying. He does have a character. So he did Ian de Montfort. And the next thing you know, he's got his whole family there. Um, and it's that, if you are that kind of talent combined with that kind of work ethic and are prepared to take responsibility for your career and push it, like I say, like uh, Louisa, like Tom, then I don't care how many free clubs there are, you will, you will keep rising because you are always reaching for the next rung. You're not just, as I say, you're not just sitting there moaning that uh, open spot nights have killed your career before you even got a chance to start. You know... Um, and in fact, I, I don't think Tom or Louisa really were particularly circuit comics. Were no, they? no, yeah. not at all. Not at all. 
So, um, so it's not necessary to actually play the circuit as such nope. and to rise through the ranks of the circuit. And nope. in fact, what one should learn from these anecdotes of, of Tom and Louisa is that the way to actually get on is to write a letter to you and say, how the fuck do I get on? Well, some might say that, John. I couldn't possibly comment. But no, the way to get on is be good and work hard at it. Yeah. I've had lots of people say, oh, I did a wonderful show and uh, people, the club owners haven't been phoning me up. Well, you know. well why would they, apart yeah, from anything yeah. else? That's the other uh, difficulty, uh, or as we say in Kenya, challenge, uh, about uh, wrapping your entire life around a one-hour Edinburgh show. Hmm. Who the fuck's going to put that on in a comedy club, yeah. you know, in the middle of March? No one. I'm not sure that their glorious talent rises. We've, we've both seen people destroy themselves. They've, they've self-destructed. Who? I'm not saying. Go on. Who? No, no, no. no, no. Because, um, you can't I, think of any. I, 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 I can think of three. But I, I've, Go I've, on, I've, tell I've, me. I've seen people... Very... All right, whisper, and I'll decide whether we should tell the viewing public. I've seen, no, I've, I've seen people... Viewing? I've seen people very close to Superstar, and they, they cut off their... their back tailors, the way they've, they've, they've come up through various people, and there comes a certain point where they think, I don't need these people anymore. Yes. And then they put all their eggs in one basket and go with that one person that they've just discovered, or that one thing they've just discovered, and it doesn't work. Whereas if they'd actually spread themselves around a bit and sort of kept like three or four plates spinning, they might well have uh, got on. But better. again, that is about... Um, it, it is. Yeah. That is about... Going, you know, going with, oh, I've got to go with a big management. Yeah. I've got yeah. to move because they will do things for me. I'm not saying that they can't. I mean, uh, I stood in the loft bar every uh, fringe as far back as I can remember with Michael McIntyre. Uh, after I, you know, usually I'd, I'd buy him a drink and then we'd bang our heads off that little shelf that runs opposite the bar and say, why are you not a huge star? Why are you not a huge star? Why are you not a huge star? And in fact, you go on about people being professional. The, the, the only real, real whinge I've heard about Michael McIntyre is that when he was getting up through the ranks, he kept telling people how he was going to be successful. Mm. And then he became successful mm. by all the hard work he did. Yes, and exactly. That's, that's the only, the only, I mean, the only, he, the only whine I've heard about Michael yeah, McIntyre. you're right. And also from other comics because there must be nothing... Well, there must be a few things worse for a comic than going on maybe to a room that is dead and everyone coming off and going, oh, God, it's a nightmare, it's terrible, these people are dead. And then McIntyre goes on, has them in the palm of his hand and people are having to send out for incontinence pads because he's so funny. I, mean, I don't know if it's an urban myth, but I have heard when he, when he tries out shows in front of audiences, he has like about three people sitting in the audience taking notes on where the laughs are. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And, and he just writes all the time. He has yeah. always yeah. written all the time. And uh, I mean, not that he's not the only comic to do this, but, you know, I've had lunch with him and one of us will say something. Oh, that's interesting. And he'll make a little note. And... So his whole life, his whole life is his comedy, and his comedy is his whole life, apart from his lovely, lovely wife and charming children. But um, to, to be absolutely honest, Michael was, again, banging his head against that shelf in the loft bar along with me until Addison Cresswell took him on, and then Addison was the who, one... Who's an agent who ran off the curb agency. Until his untimely death. Um... But Addison knew, you know, absolutely 
24 karat gold talent and 24 karat commercial you know, uh, viability. He took Michael on and fairly quickly, Michael was doing a lot more telly and then the next thing he had, what he'd always told me he was going to have, which is the BBC One, you know, shiny floor Saturday night show, the, the, the road show. And, and that, I don't know, to be honest, if another agent could have got him there. But I think in Addison, he found almost like a soulmate, somebody who's, who worked as hard for his career. And obviously Addison's other clients, uh, as, as <coughs> Michael get, did. But again, you get the chance. You blow the chance. Also, as Michael McIntyre, who I've never met and knew nothing about, really, uh, seems to be a, a pure example of what Hills Jager says, which is you want a five-year plan and you, you decide what you are going to do and how your career is going to go and you actually plan it out. Michael McIntyre had a life plan. Yeah. My, I mean... And pe people say the, the boy with tape on his face has the same yeah. thing. He had, he has a, he had a five-year plan or has a five-year plan. I mean, I, I think check your talent yeah. before you start making... Because a five-year plan on its own with a mediocre talent yeah. is going to yeah. lead to yeah. desperate disappointment... Uh, and probably yeah. alcohol and drug addiction. And obviously a five-year plan you, you adapt and, and adopt to prove along the way. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but um, I do, I've never had one, that's why I'm here with you. No, me neither. My, there, uh, well, I've had, about, kid. I've had about 12 of them, because I, my, my, well, I was you, a lawyer. You're you know, very old. Yeah, so, so. I am incredibly <laughs> old. Uh, I was a lawyer, then I was an actress, then I was a television presenter, then I was a writer, then I was a director, then I was a producer. You know, so... And now? Look at you now. I know. You're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster in the back of an abandoned chunk of an increasingly abandoned West 12 shopping centre. Abandoned by even Morrisons. Abandoned <laughs> even by Morrisons. <laughs> uh, supermarket chain for the man in Guatemala. I'm, I'm poised to sell my one-bedroom garden flat in Shepherd's Bush. Oh, is it going for a good rate? Well, I'd make me an offer. And where are you going to go? That fuck knows, because I obviously can't afford to buy any place in London. Well, you were going to go in a barge, weren't you? I know, yeah, I'd looked at bar I still do look at barges and um the Incognito lived in a barge for a while, didn't he? Yeah, there's somebody and, and of does. course the marvellous Malcolm Hardy. Uh, indeed, and look what happened to him. Well yes. I know. That's yeah. what I worry about actually. <laughs> ending up. He 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 drank when drunk. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I think as I wake up of a morning, unsure as to how I got home, I think just as well I don't live on a barge. And you have similar sort of spectacles. Indeed. It's it's an homage. Indeed. Yes. Yes. In fact, my whole life is becoming more and more increasingly, increasingly, increasingly prestigious homage well, to has, Malcolm. It has been said you could have the biggest balls in show business. <laughs> I, uh, they were, they were. Well, this is. Are we going for a record here? Well, actually talking about comedy all the actually way through. Actually talking about comedy. Nah, let's do something. That's who you got pestle over there. I'm never quite sure what a pestle is. Uh, it's a, what the vessel with the pestle. No, that's is the, the brew that is true. No, 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 the chalice, the chalice and the, the palace. palace. Yes. No, or the vessel and the pestle. No, the chalice and the palace is something, <laughs> but the vessel and the pestle is the brew that is true. This is the routine where they get muddled up, isn't it? Yes, yes. Court jester. Like, look um, it up. Double damask dinner napkins. Don't know that. What's that? Oh, that's. Is that not. No, maybe that is. Court jester. Thoroughly modern, Millie? No, a court jester. I thought, but it's a Beatrice Lily I'm sure trying not. to order a dozen double da a dozen double damask dinner napkins. Oh, she's, she's not in the court jester. The court, the court jester, Danny Kaye, fine film. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Beatrice Lilly, fine woman. 
I don't, I don't know Beatrice Lilly at all. Oh. I mean, I know of her. She's I mean, fucking hilarious. What, she, really brilliant. What, what is she fucking hilarious in? Oh, any number of flims. You see, we got out of it. We got out of the comedy now. I know. Well, she was fucking hilarious. That's comedy, right? Let's talk about not comedy. Flims? What's not? Films. Oh, films. Oh, oh, oh. But fucking was, hilarious films. It was humour. Mm. Uh, so, actually, back to comedy. Uh, Ariane Shireen is giving it up. We should have her on. We should have her on as a guest. I was, I was going to get back to comedy with the... Well, not with what? Year, with uh, the, this Sunday, pantomime horse race in Greenwich. Oh, how are, are you going? I would love to. Is it, I don't know, the, the, something, maybe the fifth or something. How do I get to Greenwich? Is it south of the river? Should I venture there? Well, Greenwich, Blackheath, uh, Wimbledon and, uh, and uh, Richmond are, are south of the river technically, but not, 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 not uh, mentally, are they? They're really north. Uh, They're really yeah. around well, about I don't Hampstead know. Somewhere. I don't know if I know. Uh, I don't know if I know Greenwich. Don't you know Greenwich? It's yeah. lovely. Is it? Well, there's there's really no need for me to know it. I don't specialise in lovely things, places or people, John, as you well know. Otherwise, I wouldn't know you. Malcolm Hardy. Uh, 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 he wasn't lovely. No, but up the creek was... Yeah. Uh... Uh-huh. Oh, in that case, yes, I do know it. Yes. Anyway, Pat Ramos God, but I was drunk Sunday. at the time. Uh, Lewis Schaefer's doing some sort of pre-race uh, shenanigans. with, uh, oh And then the Cheeky Girls, I believe, are singing afterwards. And well, with your mouth open. Slap yes. my bum or whatever it was called. No, the Cheeky Girls. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever. Lembicus I'm text. a cheeky world, and I'm a cheeky girl in a... Oh, no, that's Barbie girl. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. You haven't sung for a while, have you? I haven't. I haven't, as you can probably tell. Beatrice Lilly sang, didn't she? She did. What was her f- most famous song? I've absolutely no idea. I'm yeah, heavily you, medicated, you, John. All the better for singing. Yeah, all the better for singing. What was it? I don't know, um, uh, but I'm sure you can do MAME. Oh, Yes. Oh, no, there's no business like show business. Well, I think I've sung that rather to death, John. You can't sing it to death. Um, curtain up, light the lights. We got nothing to hit but the heights. But the heights. Blow a kiss, take a bow. Honey, everything's coming up roses. Thank you very much. Is that no, is that no, is no business like show business? No. No? That's not. How does no business like show business go? I can't pause. I've forgotten now. See, that was Everything's Coming Up Roses. Lucky Rose. And who, who sang that? Oh, a variety of people. It wasn't... Uh, um, um, most... Well, the bar- they're all the constantly the fun- reviving it. The funny girl Angela woman. Lansbury. Uh, any other Lan- Angela Lansbury songs? Uh, oh. Uh, tale as old as time. Do you remember that? No. Ah. Scottish songs? We'll, we'll be finishing soon. Oh, right, uh, Scottish songs. Uh, Harry, um, Harry Lauder. There he was a very pocky juke, we'll get for his jukery pockery. He under who's we're broad, look at a getting we are rockery. Yes, on the pocky juke, get a getting we are rockery. A bonnet laird we are something, something is nothing but a mockery. He dwelt well up in the hill and glen with the foam and the flood and the flaggers. He dined each day on his squad bay and he washed it and didn't weigh haggis. Yes, on the pocky juke. <laughs> that was the Porky Duke. 